All right, hey folks. In today's video, I'm gonna share with you some practical tips which are probably going to be different from what you're currently doing. I'm just gonna say it outright. This is stuff which is more than likely going to go against the grain. I want to preface this with, and just gently prepare you for some new points of view and some new opinions and some new techniques before I just lay it out on you. So we're gonna start the discussion with this talk about individualization. I think everyone can agree everybody likes to feel like they're an individual nobody likes to feel like they're a cookie cutter broad range of averages everyone likes to feel like they have a certain nuance and that's fine part of this topic is actually going to be to do with how to individualize your training and specifically the performance of the exercises you do in the gym to move them away from what you may be recommended to do i am specifically discussing individualization about exercise form and a little bit to the sets and reps because this is things that you can try and implement to help you individualize your training now in my experience <laughs> sometimes this can be met with a degree of skepticism because people get very dogmatic about particular approaches and i think if you are just told one way of doing things over and over again you end up believing that and you don't even really question it so if somebody comes along and says hey why don't you try this ultimate way you go that's ridiculous i think you should have a degree of skepticism because you don't want to believe everything but i'm going to tell you some things which i have seen actually work with myself with clients which i've been practicing for years in some cases and more recently in others so we have to try to be a little bit open-minded and not too dogmatic and just consider things i just <laughs> I'm setting you up for this, uh, this, this information. I think very much social media has a role to play in all this, particularly the dogmatism, simply because we like to look for definite answers and ego is attached to a lot of things. So very often we try and pick a variable and we maximize the variable. So for example, when it comes to volume, max volume, when it comes to intensity, failure beyond at least failure, when it comes to range of motion, maximum range of motion, all of these things as variables, they tend to be maximized across the broad average. And then people will say, I'm an individual, but be very dogmatic about these things. And because of social media, their dogmatism leads them to some very cookie cutter responses. So I am going to be breaking that mold today and I'm not doing it for shock value. I'm doing it because I have tried it. I've done this with clients and it's been more productive. So we have to try to at least open our mind to these things. I think sometimes what happens is people think that they have to hit certain variables in a certain way. They have to train to failure. They have to do this tight range of reps. They have to use a high amount of volume. They have to use a high amount of intensity, high range of motion, all these things. Now, if you as an individual don't quite fit into the paradigm of that average, let's say a full range of motion hurts you, or let's say training to failure hurts you you may still insist on trying it, or you may still insist on getting back to it. Because in your mind, you've just heard over and over again, that's the way to do things. You don't see an alternative. So this is about me presenting you guys with a healthy, productive alternative. All you need to do, if you truly want to individualize, is just not be dogmatic. This is the, the contradiction of terms that I see in YouTube. Like as an educator, what I see is YouTube, YouTube fitness, really could do with a lot more individualized content with discussion about nuance. 
The problem is, as soon as you present something which is nuanced, you get backlash because everybody thinks that's not the way we do things. I'll give you an example. Last year or the year before, I mentioned short rest periods. The amount of people who just out and out said, nope, don't agree because this is how you're supposed to do things. People, although they think of themselves as individuals, they refuse to think outside the box. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm getting at here? So I want you to really approach this topic with an open mind. Notice that I've taken a four or five minutes to just gently ease you into some things I'm about to say, because some of these things might be very different to what you hear repeated over and over and what you may really believe and not want to question. So I want to bring this back to the individual and to tell you about some things that I've been playing around with myself and with my clients, which have allowed people to lift with less pain, more productively, when either they're injured, they're old, or they just don't have very robust bone structures. One of my younger clients described himself as being bird boned, and uh, he needs some of these types of uh, techniques to help him to still stay in the gym and help him train. And at the heart of it, it's still about staying in the gym and training. Hypertrophy is a very forgiving endeavor. There are many things you don't have to get caught up on. So I'm going to name four things, what I call my four R's. I'm going to start with the least controversial, and then I'm going to end with the most controversial. Okay. So again, remember the deal is keep an open mind. You are an individual and I'm trying to help you with individualization. So don't be dogmatic and reject things and end up back at the same cookie cutter set of suggestions that everybody else has. That's the game we're playing. So the first thing is repetition ranges. This is not very controversial, but I've been experimenting with much higher repetition ranges than I would normally recommend to the average range of people. So I've made a video recently where I said on average repetition should be about the five to 12 range, which is a good range. It's not too heavy that you're going below sets of five. It's also not too light that you're delving into those super high rep ranges like 20, 30, 40, etc. Now, for certain people going into those high rep ranges can be productive because it can lower the weight on the bar which means they won't be limited by some type of weakness in the structure of what's being lifted so for example if you are doing a dumbbell bench press okay, there may be something in your elbows or in your shoulders which is a weak link so that means you may well be capped at say i don't know 40 kilos for dumbbells in your hands. Your chest can lift more, but that's about as much as your triceps can handle. So rather than continuing to push the weight higher and higher, 40s, 45s, 50s, 55s, push the reps up and get into that rep range of 25, 30, maybe more reps so that you're able to work hard just with longer sets. So very, very simple technique, not too controversial, but again, it's slightly outside the current wheelhouse. I know, for example, it was said recently, the recommendation was five to 30 reps. I think Brad Schoenfeld said, but some people really hated that. I actually saw people make Instagram posts where they're like, science is telling me to do 30 reps. I don't want to do it. It's rubbish. Like, bro, calm down. Again, these are the same people that really value their individuality. But as soon as you present them with an individual prescription, they go, can't do that. That's not the way to do things. Do you see the contradiction? Some of this is the responsibility of YouTubers. You have to talk about nuance, but a lot of this is actually your responsibility as a viewer to accept the nuance and try it out. So that's the first thing, repetition ranges. Next thing is RAR. Now we are getting more controversial. Okay. Bear with me. 
<laughs> don't get angry yet. Don't start with the dislikes yet. So next thing is RAR. Now with those people, I have also experimented with not training to failure. And I think it's fine. Yes, higher rep ranges are not going to failure. That's right. Seemingly the opposite of what is recommended. But again, that's what this video is about. Things that I found to be productive. And I have found it productive with some people go higher in rep ranges and not really have such a focus on failure. And what seems to work instead is a couple of reps away from failure, but still going quite high in reps and just using sheer volume and workload to ramp up the weight on the bar over time. And it works. It does work. I've seen people add 10, 20 kilos to their lifts for sets of 25 away from failure and it works. They get bigger, but they do it most importantly without pain. The important thing is they stay in the gym. They carry on getting the benefits of lifting weights. They're still lifting progressively. And that's something to bear in mind. With all of this stuff, you're still lifting progressively. It is a way to continue to lift progressively. It's not just saying use light weights forever. It's saying specific higher up ranges and progressing on those. Specific RARs and progressing on those. Okay. And it's also a truism that if you're doing less intensity, you're holding a few reps in reserve then more than likely you're going to have to make up for that with a bit more volume. So that's the second thing, RAR and not quite going to failure and that being a little bit easier on your system. Now, third thing, this is now getting into the very controversial territory here, range of motion. I have discovered with some of my guys who have injuries or who just don't have a very robust structure, I've discovered that if they train in ranges of motion which don't cause pain, then they can progress in that range of motion and still build muscle just fine. So this is something which I did quite extensively when I was a powerlifter, really without even thinking about it. My powerlifting crew used to give me a lot of flack. I would never lock out my benches in training. And there was one guy in particular I trained with who said, Faz, you're always going to lose a bench press at competition. If you never train to lock out, you're going you're gonna to fail at competition. He says, you've got to practice like you're going to play. But I never, ever lost a bench at lockout in competition. In fact, I never really locked out my deadlifts either at the top, but it didn't matter. It didn't actually matter. Nowadays, people do this really exaggerated lockout where they lean back and everything. But no, I just carried on. I did my reps. I went up probably about to here. So almost lockout and went back down. It just felt easier on my joints. A lockout felt like a lot of stress on my joints. So I never did. I did a slightly reduced range of motion. Now, obviously, that's a powerlifting example. But the point is, I still grew when I was powerlifting. I still got stronger. So it is the same when it comes to bodybuilding, which is what we're talking about and individualizing things for you. So this current idea of using full range of motion, I think it's a great idea. It has a lot of benefits. It has a lot of pros. Standardization is one of them. It's very important. It may be better to do the length and partials. So full range of motion is great, but if that consistently hurts you, if that causes you pain, or if you just want to try reducing the range of motion, maybe doing 75% of the range of motion in a range which doesn't hurt the bench press for example it may be touching the chest and then going up to the point where you're almost locking out and come back down that seems to work quite well for me in keeping me pain free my joints keep moving if i lock out at the top it's quite jarring for me now you might be different you might not even want to take it to the chest it depends it depends but range of motion is something to play with so that you can still stay in the gym you can still train hard and productively and progressively because you still want to progress you still want to add weight to the bar now what you want to try and avoid is you want to avoid continuing to add weight to the bar 
and reducing the range of motion just to lift more weight. That's not the point because clearly that's the wrong thing to do. This is not for those types of people. Those types of people just tend to be young and dumb and want to lift more weights. This is for somebody who is probably a little bit more developed and has more of an interest in building their physique. And besides, they're not using all the low rep techniques anyway, so they're doing more reps, all that stuff. So this is not the same as ego lifting. This is very different. This is using a specific range of motion to avoid pain, to allow you to do more reps, for example. It is not ego lifting. That is a different motive there. Now, the fourth thing is perhaps the most controversial. I say that because I have already floated this idea and there's always been lots of rebuttals. Now, for you guys who are familiar with my work, you know that my full body hypertrophy routine, which is called the wizard, the light day utilizes very short rest periods. Now, I'm a firm believer that those rest periods are extremely useful for lifting and they form what is a light day, which is essentially a recovery day within a week, which is full of heavier days and medium days, which are very productive for hypertrophy and lighter days, which are productive for hypertrophy, but also help you recover from the heavy sessions. And like in many sports, they have lighter days, recovery days, which allow you to get some blood in the muscle and still practice some of what you do, but they really help you to recover and enhance your recovery from heavy sessions. I employ that type of thing when I'm doing high volume, high frequency full body training, and it works tremendously well. Just like athletes in any other sport, light days are extremely useful. And you all know Alex Leonidas after Destiny. One of his first programs was the two-day hypertrophy, two-day full-body hypertrophy program. Now, you might say, well, that's different to yours, Fats. But actually, there are similarities. And I noted this in a video I did about him. What he does for recovery is actually very similar to my light days. He will have two full-body sessions, and then sandwiched in between, he will have short, lightweight recovery sessions, which are mostly bodyweight calisthenics or band work. That is not dissimilar to what I'm suggesting here. High rep, maybe partial range of motion, certainly short rest period work to engorge the muscle full of blood and enhance recovery. But it does also give a slight hypertrophic benefit as well. So the final thing is manipulating rest periods so that you condense the work you're doing. And again, you can lift with less weight on the bar, but still progressively. Now, I've done this in many different ways in the past. I've done this by starting off a three minutes rest period and slowly reducing to one minute over the course of six months. I've also done it by just starting with one minute rest periods and then keeping that consistent and adding weight to the bar and adding sets and reps as normal. They're both great ways of doing things. But again, all four of these methods, they will allow you to use less weight on the bar, maintain a high degree of relative intensity, and grow, but without the joint loading, which may prohibit your lifting hard because it puts you in pain. And all four of these things go against the grain. And once again, I'll just end with this thought. Again, everybody loves to feel like they're an individual, but as soon as you say individualized things, they go, nope, can't do that. I wanna do the same prescription as everybody else because that's the way to do things. Just think about that for a second. I'm sharing with you techniques which I've used with my clients and which work. Hypertrophy is a very forgiving endeavor. You can manipulate these things and it's fine.
But if you think I'm making a big deal out of all of this, just bear in mind, if I was to put up a lifting video of myself with a reduced range of motion, you just know what the responses would be. Come on. Let's say I put up a video of me doing pull-ups and I wasn't going all the way down or all the way up. Come on. You guys know the comments, zero, not a rep was done, all that stuff, right? There are a lot of people out there who won't even consider doing things outside of what they've learned over the last five years, which has been drummed into their heads repeatedly on social media, which is much volume as you can get away with to maximize your gains, train everything to failure, full range of motion and long rest periods. This is the general prescription, but you can think outside the box. You will need to think outside the box if you truly want to individualize, if the need is there. And that's all really that this video is about. I'm not doing this for controversy or anything. This is just generally helpful stuff. So let me know your thoughts. I would like to know what you think of my four R's. And if you have experimented with any of these yourself and what you found out. Okay, cool. So with that helpful, productive video for you to try things, I will call it there. Have a great week. Peace.